great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 51. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing good. Doing pretty good myself. This week we don't have any reviews or anything lined up, so we're just going to kind of go over some news. Uh, we also have a new Kickstarter project to highlight, and we also have an interview that we did with the director, Alex Myung. We'll be making our weekly movie predictions, and finally, we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching. I think I'll start it off this week. Been going through a lot of these Spirit Awards nominees, trying to see as many of them as I can. Getting getting indie out? Getting indied out? I'm getting indied out big time, sir. I am... I, I don't know if I can handle another indie film, honestly. I'm just going to go through here. I started <laughs> off with Celeste and Jesse Forever. I don't think I talked about that no. last week, did I? No. I was actually thinking that I was going to really like this movie, and I didn't. Uh. I didn't. I didn't like it that much. I mean, it was it was fine. It wasn't bad. It was funny. There were there were a lot of funny moments, but overall, <laughs> I just kind of felt like it was a little mediocre. I liked it more than something like Take This Waltz, but this is another one of these movies where the critics really adored this movie, just like Take This Waltz, but I didn't find it to be anything special. This is by the same guy that directed The Vicious Kind. Mm-hmm. Which I liked a lot. I liked The Vicious Kind a lot more than this, but... And then I saw I'm Not a Hipster... This is a movie that's currently playing on demand. Actually, I think that it's... Yeah, I think it's still on on demand, and it came out in theaters in select cities. Uh, I was kind of surprised with this one. I didn't know a whole lot about it, other than it premiered at Sundance last year, and people were kind of talking about it. And I really liked it. It's about a struggling musician who's uh, trying to cope with the loss of his mother and... It was pretty good. The The name doesn't do it justice. I think that there might be some kind of misconception with the name <clears throat> of the film. Like, he really isn't a hipster mm. in the movie. Like, he's not a hipster. and it, so, the, so it's not really a hipster title where it's being ironic. Right. It's just legitimate, I'm not a hipster. Yeah, like, he's he kind of hates that whole scene. And... The the thing that's probably the best part about this is that the music is actually really good. Yeah. And you and a lot of times with movies like this, the music's not great, but his music is actually quite good. So I would recommend checking that out. Hmm. And I saw I think a couple of these you probably saw. Gimme the loot. Gimme the loot. I did see Gimme the Loot. So I really enjoyed Give Me the Loot. Again, I will reiterate that I have been cranking out indies left and right, so I think maybe I would have liked this more if I didn't (laughs) see it during this time. Yeah. But I really like the premise. I love movies that take place in New York. I love movies that have kind of a hip-hop feel to them especially when it comes to like graffiti or DJing or anything <laughs> like that. 
and it was a lot lighter than I thought it would be. I thought they were going to go real dark with it. That's what I was waiting for. And it they, it stays pretty light, which I found really refreshing. And that was the thing that I liked the most about it, is that it didn't get too heavy. Because... No. It had a, I thought it ended perfectly. Oh, yeah. It did. <clears throat> so, I, I would highly recommend that. It's... A pretty simple. It's a pretty simple film about two friends that are trying to gather up five hundred dollars so that they can pay this guy off to let him in to uh, to let them into city city stadium, city field, city field. Sorry, <clears throat> and uh, tag the Mets apple, home run apple, the home run apple. Now so. this did this is what won this won last year at South by Southwest the competition award for best narrative feature that's what first got me pretty excited about this film plus it's about graffiti and it's in new york are you kidding me yeah but i have to say that it it took me a while to get into it at first because i was pretty indied out when i started this which is you know not give me the loot's fault but like the first 30 minute 20 minutes maybe i was just like oh god <laughs> I don't want to do this because to me the the dialogue was at some points very taxing and tiresome. Mm-hmm. When they were just you know rattling off and every other word's the f word, which I don't care about swearing, but it just it got a little tiresome after a while. Um, for me that depends. It just kind of depends on the mood I'm in and how irritable I'm feeling. Like when I saw it, it didn't. I didn't, it didn't even phase me. Yeah, I think. Unfortunately, Give Me the Loot was in the middle of my indie viewing. It wasn't the first film I saw, which it probably would have gotten better a better review or rating from me. Right. Unfortunately, it was in the middle. Yeah. And I saw Return. This is another one that's nominated for uh, Independent Spirit Award. I don't even know what it's nominated for, honestly. I think uh, Linda Cardellini's nominated. Okay. I mean, she did a good job. She, you probably know her best from Freaks and Geeks. And it also stars Michael Shannon. And he does a good job as well. Basically, the story is about a a woman who returns home from, I believe, Afghanistan. Although I'm not sure if they specify if it's Iraq or Afghanistan. She's in the National Guard. And it's kind of about her (laughs) getting readjusted to civilian life. It's a story that I feel like we've seen a million times before. It's not particularly interesting. The characters are not that interesting. And I just, I was not feeling this movie at all. Mm, Not feeling it. Nope. I saw How to Survive a Plague. This is the documentary about the AIDS epidemic. Uh, Mostly focuses on the height of the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. And early 90s fascinating story a lot of the stuff i mean growing up during that time you know i i knew a lot of what they went over but the interesting thing was the the f- amount of archival footage that they had i mean the entire movie is almost archival footage and yeah. it's it's awesome i it's a must see for everyone i think that it's amazing that they have this much footage that they can archive and show to future generations so they can see. I mean, this is like the equivalent of having a documentary about the plague or something like that, you know? 
Yeah. Where it's just everybody needs to see it and just see how horrible this was for for anyone that was involved. So I highly recommend that. I believe was that not that was nominated for um <clears throat> that's uh, nominated for best documentary at the Oscars, isn't it? I think yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And I don't I don't think it's going to win, but it's probably it has a good chance, I think. Uh and then I saw a movie called It's a Disaster. The movie itself was in fact a disaster. It's this dark comedy about the end of the world. Like we've seen so many times before with this is written and directed by Todd Berger and it's with David Cross and America Ferreira, some other people in there and I'm not going to get into it cause it was not good. <laughs> I did not like it w- at all. Oh. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, that's another thing I'm getting tired of. End of the world. Uh, end of the world movies. Yeah. Oh my God. We got two more this year, but I think they're going to be good. So, uh, just go stop. Come on with some original ideas, please. Well, I hope. I, well, the the um, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost one sounds pretty original. And I do have. Yeah, I do have to say, I, I'm looking forward to the two more that we have. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to be good. I, I think um, this After is the that. end. Is has definite potential to be one of the best comedies to come out this year. I hope so. Then I saw four. This is another movie that you also saw. I did, in fact, see this movie. Uh, this was uh, did, wait. You talked about that last week, didn't you? I think I did. Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rehash it. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I didn't think that it added a lot to. Now, anything. see this. This came at the beginning. Oh yeah, of my interview. Yeah, see. So I think if I saw this movie near the, you know, the tail end of my American indie, whatever the hell you want to call it, marathon, I probably would have disliked this a lot more. Yeah, see, I I did see it at the tail end, and I was not that impressed with it. I did see War Witch, too. What a depressing week, let me tell you. (laughs) War Witch was incredibly shot. It was a great movie. This is also nom- this is nominated for an Oscar for best foreign language film from Canada, oddly enough. <laughs> but really, really great story, <clears throat> great visuals, but it is extremely depressing. I mean, oh god, I feel you just feel so awful the entire time you watch this. And it had a lot more it was a lot different than I thought it would be because like she's a witch, so there's like this whole uh spiritual stuff that happens like there's some supernatural things that happen which oh. yeah i didn't i didn't even know, know. That. yeah there's there's some definite but they do it in a really good tasteful way like it it's good how they do it hmm. uh, and then i saw movie 43 oh that was my big theater i know i'm surprised Watch. we're not doing a uh a review for that like it shouldn't our show be based on movie 43 if you saw it uh we would i would never never well <laughs> you fucking kidding me now that i look at this now that i released my review you should definitely not want to see it because this is probably going to be one of the worst movies of the year i think it is a complete mess 
from start to finish. I don't understand. There's like 25 famous There's, people in this movie. The the cast of this is ridiculous. And it is so bad. Words can't describe how bad this movie is. Ugh. I didn't think it was going to be great when I went into it, but it turned out to be so much worse. I mean, you can read my review. I think that I pretty adequately toured a new one. But this is the first one out of ten I've given out for quite a while, I think. It's it's awful. It's not funny. There's nothing funny. It's the lowest of the lowbrow there's you mean john hodgman as fake penguin wasn't even funny no that one was stupid that was that segment so basically if you don't know it's like 11 it's an anthology film there's like 11 short films in it and they're all tied together with this ridiculously dumb like oh uh, they actually tie them together yeah so no but i mean Uh, not really it's sort of like you know, sort of like VHS or Tales from the Hood, where there's like these kind of bookends where the premise is Greg Kinnear plays a like a studio exec and Dennis Quaid goes in to pitch him movie ideas. Uh. And that's what it is. Like it's but it's so poorly thrown together. OK, so this is this is one of my best my favorite parts. And there were several. Uh, parts in this movie where I wanted to get up and leave, but I didn't because I knew I had to review it. Oh. If I didn't have to review this movie, I would have left. But the you know how at the end of movies during the credits they play the gag reel, you know they play the bloopers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the credits come up, and I go to get up to leave, and then they play the the bloopers. So I so I stay and I watch them, and then they start showing bloopers from a segment that wasn't even in the movie. And I was like, what is this? It was a segment with Elizabeth Banks and uh, what's the guy's name from? He was in Transformers. Shia LaBeouf? No. Uh, The other guy. John Turturro? No. Uh, He was one of the main soldier guys. I don't like this game. He was in. um, I'm failing. He was in that show on NBC, Las Vegas. Uh, Dumont? Josh. Josh DeMille? Yeah. Yeah, Josh DeMille. So there was a segment featuring the two of them that wasn't even in the movie, but they start showing bloopers from it in the credits. And I'm like, what? So then you wait, and then I waited until after the credits. Then they played the segment. What the fuck? What? And I was like, why would you do that? That doesn't even make sense to me. That doesn't make any sense at all. And that's just one thing. I mean, they do, they pull a strange wilderness, you know, at the end of strange wilderness, how Ryan and I always complain about how they had no idea how to end it. So they just like pulled the cameras back so that you could see like the the cast and the crew and stuff. And they just start laughing. Yeah, they do that in this movie. Oh, that's that's what I'm talking about. This movie sounds fucking awful. And the thing about it is there's two, two people in this movie that are, Nominated for Best Actor Awards this year, actor yeah, and actress. That's that's sad. And it and it's you know like the the segment with Halle Berry and Stephen Merchant, and the one with Chloe Moretz and Christopher Mintz Plot. What's his name? Christopher Mintz Plus. Yeah, I think so. Why those not? like those two 
had potential, and some of the other ones also had potential when they started out, like the premise, but they inevitably, at some point during the segment, would just take a turn and go straight to the gross-out stuff. Awesome. And I'm not offended by gross-out humor or anything like that, but it just wasn't funny. Like, watching Halle Berry dip her boob in guacamole is not funny. Oh, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> and there's a lot of shit jokes, too. A lot of shitting. Uh, it, those are my favorite. You get to see Christopher, Chris, Chris Pratt get hit by a car and explode diarrhea all over the windshield. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, I could, go, I could go through every segment and you'd just be like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, God. It's, it's, it's horrible. Do it not. Sounds great. Please do not go see it. It's like it's like a scary movie. Movie. It's like one of those only with big name celebrities in it. How the hell did they get people into this? I have no idea. I have no idea. The only thing blackmail. I can think of it's got blackmail. blackmail. The, only, the only thing I can think of is blackmail, or they they called like Peter Fairley called up these people and said, "Hey, look, I'll give you like twenty grand. It'll take an hour to do this." You know, that's it. Let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah, but it, it's a colossal. I mean, if I if someone came up to me with that proposition, I would be in movie forty three as well. Oh yeah, I, I don't I don't look down on any of the the actors that are in it. I, I don't think anything less of them for being in it. It's just I wish I wish they didn't do it. I'm sure that they they're all like, oh god. Because, I mean, it's really... Like, Hugh Jackman, Les Miserables, best actor. He's in, a seg- 43. he's in a segment where he has a pair of testicles on his throat. Growing out of his throat. Oh, okay. full, Like, full scrotum with, like, hair and everything. Wow. No, that's clever. I'll give you that. Yeah, well. That was... Moving not- on. <laughs> this sounds terrible. Moving on. Uh, also saw Robot and Frank. This is another one that you saw. I saw Robot and Frank. I like this. Correct. I like this a lot. I enjoyed it. It was a bit too familiar because uh, it's essentially the exactly same movie as uh, Lovely Still, but with a robot. Now the robot was awesome, and I want it. Oh, I want yeah. that robot. How do we go about getting one of those? Uh, I don't know. I want that damn robot. I like the subtle use of technology in this movie. Like, it was sort of like, it reminded me of like in Looper where it was there, but it wasn't like a big central part of the movie. Yeah. Like the way that they shot it made it look like, hey, it's not a big deal. Like, yeah, I have a clear cell phone that looks cool. Or like, yeah, yeah, like my TV is really fancy and it's like projected on the wall and all that stuff. Like... I like it when movies do that because in the future, that's how it would be. Like, yeah, that would just be another appliance. It wouldn't be something crazy that would need to be showcased every two seconds. Correct. And I also like how it's not super space-aged, you know? Like, no, this no, is no, no. this is all technology that is within most, our grasp. Yeah, for the most part, is it like the, the car in the beginning? Mm-hmm. When Frank's walking down? You can buy that car. That yeah. car exists. It's just 
it looks insane when you see it. You're like, oh, future car. Future. I was <laughs> I was surprised that you can actually own that car. Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, it was kind of light. I had, I think I would have enjoyed it. I, I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I haven't seen Lovely Still. Yeah, see, I haven't. So. Like, if I haven't seen that movie, I would have loved this. But as soon as they did, like, the big reveal, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the same damn movie. You just added a robot. I predicted the reveal. Not at the beginning, but, like, three quarters. I It was in my head. I was like, I hope they don't do that. And then they did it. I didn't mind that they did it, though. But I have to say that the addition of the robot makes up for that because the robot is fantastic. And I even like I even like robot. I even like Susan Sarandon's little helper bot. Yes, <laughs> Mister Mister Darcy was awesome. <laughs> yeah, how she put a little bow tie on him. <laughs> I love the fact that they they didn't know how to have a conversation with each other. Yes, I, I always <laughs> movies like this are always interesting to me when there can be a character that's a robot and and yet you feel emotion for that character yes you know and that's that's like a big part of this movie as well how frank was not giving that thing the time of day and just treating it like an appliance and then eventually he forms he, this bond with it they're like best friends yeah but it did make you realize that frank's sort of a dick cuz i mean he didn't be, he could have easily had that relationship with his kids, and he didn't. Yeah, that's that's damn true. you, Frank. That's damn true. you. But well, the, I, I mean, to to be in his corner a little bit, the robot was cooler than James Marsden. Oh, like if I could, I could, if I could pick who who my son would be, I'll pick the robot. Actually, that reminds me. I thought that Liv Tyler's character was extremely annoying. Yes. Like, I thought she was doing, like, a weird voice the whole time, and it really bothered me. I'm not a huge fan of Liv Tyler. I'm not a huge fan, but she really annoyed me in this. Fortunately, she's not in the movie a whole lot, so it didn't didn't bother me that much. Um, Moving on, I also saw a movie called The Mother of Tears. This is the third film in the... I think it's called The Mother Trilogy. Um, I think it's called like the, the mother trilogy or something. Three mothers trilogy. Yeah. Three mothers trilogy. Um, by Dario Argento, this was a complete utter disaster of a film should not be made, should not be watched. I don't understand. (laughs) Udo Kyer's in it. Yes. I was just going to say that. Udo Kyer is in it. He dies, but I don't. I just don't understand what happened to Dario Argento. He made some of the best, most famous horror movies ever made. And then he just starts making stuff like this. And it's just like, what is going on here? Like when you watch it, it doesn't even feel like it's his movie other than the fact that his daughter is in it. Which is another thing. To me, it's really odd that you would cast your daughter in the main role and then have pointless scenes of nudity with her in it like that just seems kind of creepy to me yeah that's bizarre like he's directing nude nude scenes with his i don't know i just find that to be odd and they were pointless like they didn't have to show her naked body 
Uh, but anyway, this is the third one. This is the last one. The first one was Suspiria, <laughs> which was amazing. The second one was Inferno, which was also really good. And I did watch that this week as well, but it turned out I already saw it. And I don't know if... I don't know if... It, has this ever happened to you where you you put in a movie and you start watching it and then you realize that you've seen it before? Yeah, I just did that. What was that movie? Uh, I remember, I remember uh, talking about it. Mario Baba? Mario Baba. Yeah. Oh, what was that movie? What was it? God damn it. Black Sunday. Oh, Black yeah. Sunday. Yeah. The same exact thing happened to me. About 40 minutes in, I was like, ah, oh, I saw this before. Well, see, the thing, the thing that was frustrating me about Inferno was as I was watching it, I couldn't, I still couldn't remember what happened. Like, I didn't remember anything. I was remembering it as I was watching it. And that was what was really frustrating me because I couldn't turn it off. I had to keep watching it. But at the same time, it felt really familiar. And I was like, oh, I, I saw this. I know. I know. Like, I would remember what happens a minute in the future. <laughs> but I couldn't remember how the movie ended or anything like that. So I ended up watching the whole thing. But anyway, Inferno was really good, too. Definitely one of Argento's more visual movies. But Mother of Tears, horrible. Do Whoa. not. Just watch the first two, please. Whoa. There's this terrible CG in it. The acting is horrible. I like Asia Argento. Or I, I should say I, do, I want to like her. But she is the worst actress ever. Wow. That's a little strong. She's not the worst ever. Wow. She's not that good. I mean, I've seen her in, in good stuff. Maybe it just depends on the role. And I don't know if you've seen trailers for Argento's new Dracula movie, but it looks so bad. Yeah, he he needs to stop. He needs to retire. That's just, all there is. That's all there is to it. Now, I love Italian horror. I think it's great, but he needs to stop. And then finally, I saw Mad Max Two: The Road Warrior. Oh, I've never seen Mad Max Two the whole way through. I, I remember catching it. Remember how, like, on Fox, they used to have movies on Sunday afternoons? And I remember they would play Mad Max a lot, but it would be, like, really edited and be filled with commercials and stuff. So I saw the original Mad Max, and I, I liked it a lot, but the problem is there's so many movies that ripped this movie off oh, that, yeah. that when you watch it, you're just like, yeah, I've seen all this before. Yeah. And I, I think it sucks, and it's really detrimental <laughs> to the original film. So I I wish that I could see this when it came out a year before I was born. And maybe I would get more enjoyment out of it. But it's still a solid movie. There's still a lot of really great action. I liked it better than the first one. And I'm going to watch the third one this week just to finish out the trilogy. That's the one. Beyond. Yeah, Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. I think they progressively, Tina yeah, Tina Turner's in. Tina they, Turner. They progressively get crazier. Like the first Mad Max, pretty much just takes place on the road with normal, relatively normal-looking people in a relatively normal world. But part two's that—that's when they start getting real crazy, wearing the like weird BDSM costumes and <laughs> riding around the crazy-looking dune buggies and shit. <laughs> And then I think the Thunderdome one's when it gets really wild. Well, anytime you add a Thunderdome, 
Right. right. Shit is over the top. Thund- yeah, I mean, you put in a Thunderdome, it's n- no hold to part. Yeah, stuff's, stuff's going to get out of hand. So that's what I saw. Big week. Big week. A little long-winded. I apologize. I also like uh, the little the time review on Mad Max 2. Apocalypse. Pow! Exhilarating entertainment. <laughs> uh, that's great. It's good, though. I, I do recommend good work, it. Good work, time. One thing that... I don't, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but the thing that I always find interesting is the fact that Mel Gibson used to have an Australian accent, and now he doesn't. <laughs> it's completely gone now. He got rid of that. He buried uh, but it. I guess... He wasn't he wasn't born in Australia. He was I guess born in the States and then he moved there when he was twelve. So he he got the accent and then he lost the accent. Got it. Picked it up, picked it up in his time in Australia, and then ditched it. Ah, oh, so what did I watch? Let's see. Let's see here. Well, we already talked about Gimme the Loot and Robot and Frank. Uh I saw Lincoln. Finally saw the old Lincoln. I finally forced myself to watch Lincoln. And I'm excited to say that I did not fall asleep. No, I didn't either. I got I got the whole way through this fucking just awfulness. Sap fest. Sap fest. I mean, okay. First off, let's get this out of the way. I'll name the good things and then I'll get into tearing it apart. Uh, the performances were outstanding. I mean, they're ridiculous. Everyone did an outstanding job. Now, the odd thing is, is I don't know if this is because I know Tommy Lee Jones is nominated for his performance. So maybe I was judging him or critiquing him a little bit more than everyone else. But I thought that he was the weakest out of everyone. I thought JGL was the weakest. Well, JGL, I I don't. Because I don't think he even exists in this movie. <laughs> it was there's no reason. Role. It really there's was. no reason for him to be there, and he looks ridiculous with a mustache. It, so I don't even consider him as a part of the Lincoln movie, even though he is in there. I don't know why they decided to do that. Then I'm going to say the second worst was Sally Field. You Sally Field, <laughs> I just couldn't, dude. Yeah. I just couldn't get past it. She just drive me crazy. I know that part. It's. Partly, partly due to the character, but yeah, which that's it was just so that's to give you that's to give you a sense of what Lincoln had to go through. That's the I, behind the scenes stuff, man. I mean, he's working so hard on Thirteenth Amendment, and damn, he's got to put up with that. <laughs> Dang <laughs> woman, in his off time. Oh, God. Mm. But yeah, every everything else, the way the movie started was just. The most ridiculous thing ever. It was fucking unbelievable that that's the way he chose to start this movie. With, you know, the soldiers coming up and reciting the Gettysburg Address to him. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I knew you were going to love that part. Oh, my God. So that happens right off the bat. And I'm thinking, wow, this is perfect. This is going to be great. But I do have to say, when he, when he sort of... He sort of, you know, uh, reins himself in and doesn't add all that bullshit. And when there's just them trying to pass the 13th Amendment and all their wheelings and dealings, it was great. Uh, yeah. I thoroughly enjo- enjoyed that whole section. I and love, then yeah. every so often they would fuck it up by, you know, Mary Todd Lincoln's there and 
where JGL pops up for a little bit and it would ruin it. But all that stuff was great. And I loved all the characters, Spader, John Hawks, everyone that was. Uh, yeah. That in- whole, that little group. I love yes. that. It was fantastic. Loved it. And then you had to end it the way you ended it. Yep. It's just, oh my God, completely ridiculous. I, there's not even words for it. But when the candle flame, I, I just started laughing. I lost it. It was, <laughs> And you knew it was coming, too. I knew it was coming, too. But, my God, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> and yeah, it's bad. Like I, I had it in my head what it was going to look like, and it was terrible. It's like something from Tim and Eric. <laughs> yes, it was so unbelievably bad. And the whole, like him going to, leaving the White House to go to Ford's Theater was ridiculous as well because they had like all the characters pretty much like yep he's going to die he's going to die right now just the way that they sort of sent him off like they knew he was going to be shot and they're just all solemn just oh my god and how they tricked you at the end where you thought that you were at the yeah Yeah. oh (laughs) oh, man (laughs) Spielberg pulling a fast one oh man Classic Spielberg. Classic Pulling Spielberg. out the rug. Yeah, and it was just to get your, you know, another patented heartstrings moved by Spielberg to give you the, the kid's reaction. The youngest child's. So he could scream out and hold on to the banister. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fucking ridiculous. I, I think that I agree with you 100% on everything that you just said Sir. about that. It's a, it's one of those things. It's it's tough to say, because like half of the film, I highly recommend, and I think it's amazing. And then oh all, yeah, and then, like yeah. little stuff that he adds are just terrible. Yeah, I will reiterate that all the all the the stuff in the Senate, like all the arguments and everything that happens in there, is awesome. I love it. Yeah, the only thing and Spielberg fucks it up a little bit at the end too like you know whether they cut to so many different people like writing down like how many votes are left Mm, yeah you know like that was ridiculous and the way that the people were voting where the one was was it uh the guy from a serious man Mm -hmm. like he you couldn't hear him the first time he said it yeah yeah i know i know and then yeah and then jesus it's just really it is. And there was the one um, Gale, like he's been for this his entire life, but he's going to make this like long dramatic pause before he votes on it. You know exactly how he's going to vote on a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it's still an interesting story to see how the Thirteenth Amendment was passed. So, I mean, I'd still probably recommend it to people. Yeah, but- I would. I would still recommend it. As well, I just it just because the other the other stuff's gonna make you laugh at least. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. It does have many short, shortcomings. Spielberg. <laughs> and then I watched uh, Diabolic, the the classic from 1955, which is, I think, probably like in the pantheon of just absolute classic horror thriller type movies. I believe so. I think it suffices to say, you know, it came out before a lot of the other ones did. And there's not much uh, special here. 
it was not like amazing camera work or great writing, but it was still thoroughly enjoyable. The ending is what does it for me. Just the whole ending sequence, the way that it plays out, just the tension that he builds up throughout the entire movie and then just ramps it up even more and then it culminates with the ending. It was it's just fantastic. I would highly recommend that. That is, I think, it's a classic that has to be seen. And then I followed that up with Two Rome with Love. Ugh. What what the hell happened here? Mess. What the hell happened here? Complete mess. I this, couldn't, couldn't believe what I was watching. It was just, yeah. Complete mess is, just nails it. it I, what is there, like four, four storylines? Mm-hmm. Two of them are just god-awful and shouldn't exist ever. And then the other two have some good ideas, but he doesn't really like flesh them out at all. Yep. Doesn't go anywhere with them. The, I doesn't really, go anywhere. I love the, the Roberto Benini. Yeah, that whole idea. I was, mean, my awesome. God. Take that idea, work with it for a while, you know, flesh it out completely, develop the characters, and you got yourself an awesome movie, more than likely. But instead, he's like, ah, let me just throw it in with these three other storylines I got going on. And just make everything terrible. So if that's what he was going for, I guess he, he he was successful. I didn't find it to be funny. I didn't. I just it was a nothing of a movie to me. I just. I mean, there was a couple of things that elicited like a, huh, you know, like the the opera singer in the shower. Like when they wheel out the shower, I'm like, Haha, I see. <laughs> and then they kept doing it, and you're like, ah, okay. We get it. He's in. He can only sing in the shower. I get it. We got. Yeah, that's like a passing thought. That's just something that you sort of think of, and you go like, "Nah, that's not a good idea for a movie." Yeah. It's a funny idea, but it's not going to work. So I would not recommend that unless you like terrible things. <laughs> and then last night I watched The Invisible War. Speaking of terrible things, not the I movie, don't, not the movie. The subject no, matter. No, the movie's unbelievable and. I have to say, I love the fact that Kirby Dick didn't really interject. Just let everything speak for itself, let all the people speak for themselves, not throwing in his thoughts or anything at all. Just bare bones, here's all the information. Here's what these people went through and what they had to deal with. And it's, oh, so I'm angry. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I'm just so pissed off. Yeah, it and is, I hate everything. It is pretty insane. It is just a, another must-see documentary, I think. Yeah, and this is this is one of these great documentaries that actually raises awareness and evokes some change in the system. Yes. So I, I think that that's great. And I just lost it when they were, and I've, I mean, I've read this stuff before, but the you know rape is an occupational hazard. Yeah. When they put that little blur, oh my god! Like as soon as that came up, it was just pause. I have to smoke. I can't. I, can't. I, can't. I have to have, go have a cigarette. Yeah, I gotta go outside. Press. I gotta cool off. I there were so many points that I just wanted to like throw something at my TV, but I had to tell myself it's not the TV's fault. <laughs> okay, don't don't ruin your TV. But good lord, it's it's tough to watch. But it's definitely one of those things that you have to see. This is yeah. my Oscar pick. Yeah, I would I would give it to this. Definitely. I just think that it's 
I hope that if it does win an Oscar, it will raise some more awareness and more people will check this out. The the other thing I had to mention is the one, uh, the Navy guy, I think his name was like Kurta. That was his last name. I, I don't know what his title was, but, you know, he's one of the very few people in this movie that are, you know, sort of trying to defend the military. And you could tell that he was lying out of his ass because that guy blinked. I don't know how many times. <laughs> yeah. Just blinking like crazy. He's so damn nervous. And he was like the first one to pop up to like try and defend the things that happen. And it's like, ah, no one can take you seriously at all. <laughs> You're everything you're saying is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Invisible War, if you haven't checked that out, I think that it's available to rent at this point. I think it's actually playing instantly on Netflix. If yeah. You Netflix. Actually, I think you're right. It is. So please check that out. It's a must see. You've got to see this. Yeah. And I have to say, Kirby Dick slowly becoming. Um, I always liked, I've seen all his movies, I think. Uh, and I, I like pretty much everything. The one that he did, I think it was one of his first documentaries called uh, Sick. I mm. did. I didn't like. I didn't like that one, but just because it was uh, extremely graphic and really hard to watch. Yeah, I did not like that one. All right, I think we can go ahead and move on. Uh, I think we'll do. We'll save our Kickstarter highlight until later on in the show because we do want to play that interview. So I think that we'll just quickly go over some news. Big news. What's the, what's that? the big news. What's that? I think you know. J.J. Abrams. Star Wars. What? Star. Oh, my goodness. Now, I think I just got into Star Wars. So, pretty excited, I guess. I don't know. I mean, do you do I have you no like, idea how I feel. Do you like J.J. Abrams? I don't know if I like J.J. Abrams. I don't you, even well, know you anything liked, about J.J. Abrams, really, to be honest. You liked Super 8, didn't you? I enjoyed Super 8 for the most part. I mean, technically speaking, I didn't, but the child in me enjoyed it. Uh, I, hate, I hated the ending. It was a shitty ending. I wasn't a big fan of the ending either, but I, I, it, see, that it wasn't enough for me to not like the movie. No, just because but it, it was a great feel to it. I loved the beginning of the film. Now, but looking at his other stuff, I know I'm not a huge fan of J.J. Abrams. Have you seen any of his other stuff? I've well, I mean, I'm looking at that he did Alias, right? Is that his show? Yeah, he was a part of Lost for a little bit, right? Or was he like the runner? Uh, he, Lost? he he produced I fucking, it, I think. Created I fucking, it. I fucking hate Lost. I you know I can't even say anything about it. I've never watched it. I watched like the first two episodes. I I've tried to watch it on numerous occasions. I just can't get into it. I just think it's awful. But. I don't know. I, I, I guess think, I, think, I think it's probably a good idea. I mean, he turned around Star Trek. It seemed like. Have you seen? I, I think that that should be one of your goals for the new Star Trek. I, the, I think you should watch. I think you should watch it. That's another thing I've never been into. No, so. I don't mean like the original Star Treks. I think you should just watch the first oh, yeah. one in preparation for the new one coming out. Yeah. Because I think I honestly think that you will like it. Even though I know that you're not much for the big blockbuster action stuff, I think that you still 
I think you'll appreciate it. It's pretty. So, awesome. what are your thoughts, Star Wars? Uh, okay, so because you're a bigger Star Wars fan, I, I guess I'm a bigger Star Wars fan. I mean, I'm a I'm a newbie. I, I've become fairly disenchanted with the series over the years, but I think I it's think a, you're the first to say that. I think that it's a good idea. I mean, like who else? You know, who else would do it? I was hoping they would get Bellatar. That's what I was going for. That's think, what I was hoping for. Twerin horse? You kidding me? That'd be awesome. Doing Star I think Wars? That would be funny. <laughs> Harmony Corinne's Star Wars Episode 7. Fucking love it. That'd be amazing. You kidding me? Yeah, I, I don't know. I read that they were going to be doing another. They were thinking about doing another um, Star Wars that was kind of like not in the normal trilogy, but sort of like a side story offshoot that was going to be based on uh, uh, more. more resembling a kurosawa movie and stuff like that and i you know i'm down with all that too the way i look at it is it can't get any worse so bring it on you know that's true i, I mean i didn't see the newer three trust me it can't uh, get any worse I, did, I didn't i didn't even get i didn't even get to uh return of the jedi yet because i fucked up and forgot to update my netflix queue so i ended up getting some shit movie well but, I, Anyway, like from what I heard from everyone is I'm supposed to watch the first three just because they're terrible. I mean, it's up to you if you want to watch them like I I don't want to watch them, but I'm curious now because everyone says they're so terrible. See, you don't. The thing is, you don't have to because like you can watch just four five and six. And then when seven comes out. The, the J.J. Abrams, you can just watch that, and then that's going to take place after Jedi. So yeah, yeah. I don't the, need the to. truth is, you don't need to see the prequels. They don't yeah. add anything to the story that you don't already know. What you know, so it's almost uh, pointless to watch the the three of well, them. I, I think I already decided that I'm not going to watch. If this. they were good, yeah, I mean, go ahead, but well, yeah, they're not. So don't yeah, don't I've even heard, bother. I've heard that they're not good. No, they're horrible. I'd like to know if there's anyone out there that's like obsessed with the new ones and oh, think probably. they're better than the old ones. Oh no, I don't know about that, but I would like to meet that person. I mean, there might be some young kids, you know, little kids. What like, do young kids know? Well, nothing, oh, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I think Abrams is a good choice. I think you know he's one of the hottest directors in Hollywood right now, and I think that. He'll do a good job. The only question that everybody has is how's he going to juggle, you know, two the two star franchises. But I mean, I mean, come on! If Mark Duplass can do fifty-seven projects a year, or actually like fifty-seven projects in one month, yeah. I'm pretty sure J.J. Right. Abrams can handle two film franchises. All right. Yeah, I uh, I have confidence. I have confidence in it. I think it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see. And I'll be very curious to see where they go with it. I feel slightly bad for him for even taking on the project because, I mean, it could make or break his career. I think he knows that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. I am certainly I, open to new Star Wars movies. I think I'd be, I'm curious to see what he does. Because, you know, like you said, make or break your career. Does he play it safe? And just essentially give everyone what they want, you know, and not really try anything different. Or does he go the 
try and put his own stamp on it. I think he'll put his own. I think we're going to see uh, lens flares aplenty <laughs> in the new Star Wars. I think he's going to put his own stamp on it, but it is a franchise that probably you don't get a whole lot of control as a director, creative. I just, I hope he, I hope he replaces the the white cuts with lens flare. Just I think like, that's that's an upgrade. Yeah, me. there you go. Because the white cuts are terrible. That's like a staple of Star Wars, though. But you got to think when that came out in '77, they weren't hokey. You know, they were fine. Well, they should still thought they were hokey. White cuts are terrible. Always, I don't give a shit what year it is. Mm, I didn't. But know I actually—that's the funny thing, though—is I didn't know about Star Wars. So in my head, I thought no respectable filmmaker would ever use a white cut. It's like, nah, these are just just for PowerPoint. This is a joke. No one would use this in a film. And then I was surprised watching Star Wars and the first white cut happened. I was like, are you see what? I think they do. People I, actually did this. I think they do wipes in the Indiana Jones movies too. And it works pretty good. I, I don't mind it. Anyway, uh, moving on. Some other news. Uh, the Sundance winners came out this weekend. Sundance Film Festival has finally ended, and uh-huh. we didn't get to go. So I honestly didn't look into the winners too much because I know that they're all movies that I'm not going to be able to see for the next five years because <laughs> I didn't yes. make it. <laughs> yes. But there, there were quite a few movies that screened there this year that I... I'm interested in seeing. And if you want to see the full list, you can just go over to the site. Look at, I don't think we need to go over any of this, anything specifically. Did you want to go over any? Uh, not really. There's one thing. And that's, uh, one of the movies that I was slightly, um, excited about was mother of George, Mm -hmm. which is by the guy that did restless city. And, we talked about when I watched Restless City that the cinematographer that he works with is does an amazing job. And Bradford Young, who does it again for for this movie, won the award for best cinematography. So that's I like that. That's yeah, he, got me excited. He won for uh two movies, right? Because he, he has uh, Mother of George and Oh yeah, yeah. Saints. Yes, he did both. So I'm excited for both of those movies. I yeah. think he he does, his cinematography is amazing. Yeah. And then also I saw one of the winners, and you did too, Catnip. Yes, I did. That see won that. the short film audience award presented by YouTube. <laughs> I liked that. I mean, it was a it was a cute little thing. Yeah, I thought it was it was perfect. I mean, he he pretty much nailed it. Yeah, I looked at it like a concept film. He nailed it. Yep. Damn cats and their catnip. <laughs> oh, it was funny. I don't know if those are still available, but if you haven't checked out the Sundance Shorts on YouTube, check it. Check it out. Go. Uh, Go. The, the only other thing I wanted to mention real quick is the trailer for the new Coen Brothers film. Actually, two trailers that I'd like to mention. The new Coen Brothers film, uh, Inside... I, did, I didn't even get to watch this. I forgot that this exists. Oh, man. I know. Oh, I'm really man. bummed out. I saw it, and I was like, yeah, I gotta watch that. And then I ended up doing other stuff. I completely forgot about it. 
Inside Llewellyn, how do you say it? Lewin? Lewin? Lewin. Lewin Davis? I, I Lewin? want to say Llewellyn, but I know it's not. It's like Lewin. Lewin. Um, say Lewin. Looks good. I'm excited for it. It's I, it's Cohen Brothers. Yeah. Of course it looks good. Cohen Brothers, it's kind of about a struggling folk musician. Takes place in New York City in the 60s. Sign me up, please. Yeah. I mean, the Coen Brothers, to me, are one of those directors that you just say, hey, there's a new Coen Brothers movie coming out. And I will respond with, yeah, I'm going to see that. Yeah, of course. See anything that they do. You don't want to, You don't have to tell me anything about it. Yep. Same. Don't even care. I just, I'll find out when I see it. Either way, it looks great. John Goodman's in it. And I love John Goodman. So I think that it'll be pretty good. And that comes out, when does that come out? February eighth. February eighth. So that's. It's, I'm sure it's, so, it's so coming out. up. Yeah. 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 We're we're select not cities. It. We're and not getting it. <laughs> another movie that we're probably not going to get for a while is Michelle Gondry's Mood Indigo, and I was really into this trailer as well. This this hits France April twenty fourth. So I don't know when it's going to come out in the U S. But. Check that out if you're a Michelle Gondry fan. It's more of a return to form for him. Have you seen this one? Yes, I did see the trailer for this, and I'm thoroughly excited. Yeah, I think it looks it looks cool. it looks great. I think it looks great as well. Uh, that's really all I wanted to go over. Was there anything you wanted to? Anything else? Anything else? Nah, 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 I think I'm all right. Okay. Not much uh, more going here. Let's go ahead and get right into our Kickstarter project of the week. Uh, this week we're highlighting a, a short film, another short film. This is our second one. Well, some of these the shorts, some of these short films are just entirely too good to not talk about, or at least they look good. Yeah. This week we're highlighting Arrival. This is a short film by Alex Myung. The thing that really drew me into this, and I mentioned it in the interview, is the animation. It's this is all hand drawn two D animation. Looks fantastic. So, check this out. Uh, as of now, we are recording on Sunday. This, I believe, has 20... Is it 22 days left on the project? 23? I think so. And it's uh, 18% funded so far. 36.66 of 20,000. We had a chance to have a chat with the director, Alex Myung. So, let's take a listen to that right now. Alex Myung, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, why don't we get started by just telling the listeners who you are and maybe how you got your start in animation. Um, my name is Alex Myung, and I um, I don't really know how I got my start in animation. Um, I think when I was younger, I had always had a love for cartoons and like comic books and everything like that. And... Um, you know, one day, I remember I saw a poster for my school, uh, School of Visual Arts, and um, it was in high school, and my teacher was like, you know, they have a pretty good animation program, and I think that's something that you'd really be be pretty good at. So I checked it out, and I fell in love with the school. It was either that or RISD, and I was like, you know what, SVA seems like the place for me, and um, it's been a match made in heaven ever since. <laughs> so did you grow up in New York City? Uh, I did not. I grew up in Albany, New oh, York, okay. so it's like about three hours away. 
Um, but I came to the city in 2005. So I'm like seven, eight years now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lucky. <laughs> someday, someday I'll get there. Uh, so what, what were some of like the biggest influences you have with your animation? I mean, um, from like Miyazaki or any of your other big influences? Um, I would have to say, yeah, Miyazaki definitely was probably um, one of my first major influences growing up in in terms of animation. Um, you know, outside of like Disney, but you know, all kids right. are kind of exposed to Disney. Um, at a young age, um, and then I remember I saw <laughs> the film Perfect Blue by Satoshi Kon, mm-hmm. um, and it's such an amazing film, and I probably saw it a little bit too early on, I, I don't think my parents exactly knew what the <laughs> film was about when they let me buy it, and it was such an amazing, intense film, and I remember being like, oh my gosh, this is what animation can really be like, it can be so, you know, intense and, like, overstimulating, and I, he's probably... You know, and sadly, he's passed away a couple of years ago. But Satoshi Kon is probably one of my like favorite animation directors. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so, let's get into your film Arrival. Now, this is uh, a short film that you're working on. This is on Kickstarter, and mm-hmm. why don't you just tell us a little bit about this film, what it's about, and what you're looking to do with this film. Um, well, uh, Arrival is basically about a young boy who grows up with his mother and they live out in the countryside. And, um, one day he decides that he's going to move to the big city and he's going to pursue whatever dreams that he has. And, um, him and his mother, uh, decide to communicate by sending pictures back and forth. And along the way, he decides or he realizes that he's gay and he kind of struggles with the idea of coming out to his mother and it's essentially from there it's about how his struggle kind of makes him push everyone else away um, because he has such a hard time deciding what he wants to do about the situation and um, you know then something really crazy happens (laughs) He has to make some sort of decision rather than like constantly escaping and constantly running away from his problems. He's faced with actually having to make a decision in his life. Now, uh, one of the things that drew me to this project right from the start was the animation. I think that the animation looks incredible. And this is all 2D hand-drawn animation by yourself. Is that correct? Yes. This is all me. Um, paper or pencil to paper first scanning it in digitally inking and coloring it and then uh compositing it through after effects yeah it, i mean it looks Love it looks great oh, i will you. say that <laughs> it looks incredible i'm i love hand-drawn animation yeah kevin <laughs> yeah kevin here is an artist so he oh, awesome. he's really into that stuff as well <laughs> yeah it's um it's definitely a labor of love <laughs> I was going to say, I have a quick question. Yeah. With, I know how long it takes to do like a film and how much drawing there is. Yeah. Do you do anything else? It just seems like you would just have to draw forever. Um, do you mean... So it, like how much time does it take you to draw all this stuff? It 
Well, it depends on how fast you are, um, and depends on what kind of a scene it is. I mean, like some of the scenes, you know, if you have to, if the characters are really small on the screen, you know, it can take like two seconds to do it. It can be really, really fast. But then, you know, like the close-ups, where the animation, you need it to to be slower. You know, it can take a good day or two to finish a scene if you work on it consistently, and you know. Only breaking to to eat and sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit. Because <laughs> I watched the the test animation for the hair flip. Oh yeah, <laughs> which looks fantastic. Thank you, thank you. And I have to say, I love the lighting in it. Thank you. Just a nice like little added touch. Yeah, I'm I'm really big on really intense lighting. That's probably like one of the biggest things that draws me to any kind of animated film. I have so many animation art books and the first thing that I look for is to make sure that there's backgrounds in there because I really love just like really intense highs and lows. So um, you'll definitely see a lot of that kind of lighting in my film. Well, that's good because I think uh, I think both Kevin and I are really into that as well. Awesome. It's the, yeah, it's the little added touches. Yeah, yeah. It's set it apart. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, like, animate a film, and I'll look at it, and I'll be like, oh, God, this looks terrible. Like, what's wrong with this? And then, you know, like, I'll play around with the lighting a little bit, and I'll add some shadows and some, like, large bursts somewhere. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I was missing. I was missing mm-hmm. some actual lighting. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the actual Kickstarter project. You're looking to get twenty grand for this film. Yes. And this is going to be a 10 to 15-minute short. Is that right? Yeah, uh, right now it's clocking in at 15 minutes, um, but you know, depending on if I have to make some edits at the end, you know, it could be a little bit shorter. And one thing I like that you did with your Kickstarter is that you actually put in a graph, a pie chart. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody that I've um, that I had to preview it with just to like get feedback they all mentioned that and i could have sworn that i'd seen other people doing it and when i think about it i'm like i guess nobody else has very little <laughs> has been making graphs <laughs> i thought it was kind of like a standard <laughs> no but i think that that's good because then the people that donate can actually see where this money's right. going a lot of times with kickstarter projects it's like oh we, we want this much to make this movie and it's like okay well, what do you want? Well, yeah, for? Where, where, <laughs> where's this money going? Because a lot of times, uh, a lot of the Kickstarter projects are just to get like post-production funding and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, if the movie's already made, I, I just want to know exactly where this funding is going. Is it just going into your pocket? Yeah. Is it going into like sound mixing? Is it what's it going into? And I think that uh, adding the pie chart is definitely a, a plus, so people can see what's going on. Yeah, I I remember I was showing it to one of my friends, and he literally, like, this was before I even had the pie chart. Pie chart. He was like, "What do you need the twenty thousand dollars for?" I was like, "Okay, I think I need to (laughs) to spell it out a little bit better." (laughs) He's like, "That's a that's a big amount of money." I was like, "Yeah." (laughs) When I think, I think people that know animation and know just how long and painstaking it is. I think that they'll yeah. understand. Yeah, and you know what's sad is that twenty thousand dollars is actually like really, really low compared to what other people are asking for and what 
you know, the actual rate of animation. Oh, yeah. Especially kind of, because of the quality that we're looking at here with your film. I mean, this isn't yeah. just, you know, a, a flash animated <laughs> thing here. This is like the real the real deal. I mean, this looks great. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, why, don't, why don't you go over some of the incentives that you're offering to people for um, donating? Okay. Well, some of the really awesome incentives... My my favorite ones that I'm offering are um, I have a custom viewmaster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think yes. When I when I when I thought when I had gotten the idea to do it, um, somebody had given me something like this for my birthday, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is perfect. I have to do this. And I found this website, and you can make all these custom viewmasters, and you can put in your pictures and everything. Um, so that's my uh, my all time favorite. Uh, reward that I have, and oh, I actually um, decided that you could customize your order. And if you um, purchase one of the lower tiers that doesn't have the ViewMaster already in it, you can add it on for thirty-five dollars. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then yeah, I have, that is cool. yeah, <laughs> uh, and then I have um, an art book, The Art of Arrival, which um, will probably be a much smaller run since it is up at the five hundred and a thousand dollar tiers but i'm kind of excited to to make that i have some original keyframes uh for sale i have a dvd different wallpapers for your computer posters postcards um an hd downloadable version of the film uh, unfortunately the the film any either of the film versions won't really be available until after like film festival entries and everything like that because a lot of film festivals are kind of adamant about your film not really being available to the public before right. it's shown anywhere. So unfortunately, people that purchase those tiers will have to wait a little bit for the for the film, but I'm hoping that I'll have a ton of stuff to be able to give them in the meantime. And I think that anybody that's donated to film projects on Kickstarter should be aware at this point that it does take quite a long time. Like yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting movies and stuff that I donated to years ago. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's great that you're even getting them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Too. But going back to the film festival thing, what, um, what are you looking at as far as film festivals as like, which ones are you looking at? Honestly? I mean, I would love to show at the, the larger film festivals, you know, like, It'd be great if I could show at Sundance or Annecy, um, Anime Mundi or Anima Mundi, uh, any any of the big ones. I would love to to be at. Um, and you know, it, my my lofty goal is to maybe be considered for an Oscar. But you know, let's <laughs> we'll right. cross that bridge. <laughs> I've seen a lot of the shorts that came out of Sundance <laughs> this year, and I can tell you right now, it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it should not be a problem to get into. I think Sundance had a lot of shorts this year. Oh, really? They had a ton. That has some great news. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think that that'll be an issue at all. Uh, Kevin, do you have any other questions before we wrap up? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but I did. I did make the correlation. I didn't even think about it with the Viewmaster thing. You actually used that in the juxtaposed short film uh you yeah. sort of use that idea yeah um that whole i didn't even realize that until you know like a little while after i decided to even offer the viewmaster either 
Um, and the reason that I honestly did it in juxtaposed was just because, you know, time constraints, I couldn't have as much animation in it as I wanted to, at least the way that I was animating it, it was, you know, impossible for me to do it without, you know, going crazy. Um, so I had to, I had to kind of cut back and I was like, well, what's the, what's the best way that can have still images without making it look completely, you know, terrible. Mm. <laughs> and I was, and I was actually, um, before I had finished the film, I was starting to work on sound and I was like, oh, I found these really awesome uh, kind of camera clicks that I heard in our sound effects library. And I was like, I think this is a perfect fit. So I kind of integrated it into the film. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it worked well. It worked well. Thank you. (laughs) Coming up with creative ways to cut back on budget constraints and things like that. I always appreciate that in films. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of like a little, you know, like a little puzzle. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time on your day to talk with us, and good luck with the film. Thank you so much, and thank you guys for you know making a write up about about the project. Thanks again, Alex, for talking to us. If you want to donate, please click on the link that's in the show notes. You can also look at the widget on our site. It'll be on the side. And the article should still be on the homepage by the time you listen to this. If it's not, just hit the link at the top where it says Kickstart Sunday. Get yourself a custom Viewmaster. And get yourself a custom Viewmaster. Treat, right. treat yourself. Treat yourself. Come on. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our predictions. Did let's, I win? Uh, you did, actually. You're damn right. You swept this week. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. You said 40. I said 42. Actual 15. Wow. That looks like a mess. We'll actually have a review for that up. Should be some. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you, didn't you? I didn't. I'm surprised you didn't. You didn't go. No, I didn't go. I didn't go. Actually, one of our new contributors is submitting a review for that, so we should have it up uh, by the time you're listening to this. Who who went to see Hansel and Gretel? Alicia. Alicia's not gonna be working for us anymore. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your day. Yeah, we have that's, a new. We have a new. Does. I, I wanted to mention that at the top of the show, we do have a new batch of young upstart writers that are coming in. So we'll see, we'll see, see if they, it works out. Uh, we'll see how long they can stand they, us before their lives. Yeah, their lives just got worse. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about sorry about that. Then we have Parker. You said 37, I said 42. Actual 37 right on the money for you. Oh, uh, they're so predictable. Yep. I'm telling you, I can, I can guess Statham movies. And we do, have, we do have we do just nail it every time. We do have a review for that up. Uh, our new guy, Austin, gave that a 3 out of 10. So <laughs> doesn't look too good for Parker. And then finally, we have my favorite movie of the year, movie 43. You said 12, I said 18, actual 5. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's funnier when it has, like, a 5 rather than a 0. So you can just say, oh, it has a 5. It is, because to me, I'm wondering what that person thinks. Like, if he goes on, he or she, and sees that everyone just completely destroyed it and hated it, and he, he or she is the one person out of everyone that enjoyed it, like, well, I wonder... What you think to yourself? Well, I think honestly, I think that a lot of critics, or some critics, not a lot, 
but some like to go against the grain and yeah, and things that everybody they just like to be the opposite. There's also the critics that you know they just lie (laughs) and say that it's good. That's actually when they know it's not. Yeah, and that's actually a possibility too. So oh, it definitely happens. Next week we have warm bodies. What are you thinking on warm bodies? Warm bodies. Uh, I think it looks awful. I'm going to say like a 45. I'm going to say 42 on warm bodies. I don't think it looks good either. Then we have bullet to the head. New Stallone. Oh, I'm thinking okay. this also looks pretty awful. So I'm going to say 32. Hmm. I'm going to say like a 46. And then we have Stand Up Guys. This is the one with Christopher Walken, Al Pacino, I think Alan Arkin as well. Oh, Lord have mercy. There's so many bad movies coming out. Yeah, I think this one looks pretty bad too. What do you think on this? I love the poster for it. I give the post, I would say like the poster is like a 90%. It does have a cool looking poster. Uh, The actual movie? Mm, like a 34. 34? I'm going to say 48. 48. Fisher Stevens. I don't think it's going to be good either, but... Eh. Fisher Stevens. I also wanted to mention, I don't know if it's getting wide release or not, but... It's coming out. It's A Haunting in Connecticut 2, what? Ghosts of Georgia. Now, let's just think about that title. Haunting in Connecticut. Connecticut 2. Ghosts of Georgia. Is there is there a character named Georgia? It's the only thing I can think of. No, I guarantee you it takes place in Georgia. Oh, no, oh, I don't. Yeah, it says here uh, moves, moves his wife and daughter Heidi to a, a historic home in Georgia. What? But <laughs> I don't understand at all. Uh, this is. That's terrible. Why wouldn't they just call it The Haunting in Georgia? Yeah, just give it a... I mean, do you honestly think you're going to make this into, like, a, a franchise? It's ridiculous, I'm sure. Making it in, the, the guy that directed this, apparently, apparently, was a part of Vision Quest. Do you remember Vision Quest from 1985? It's Matthew Yes. Yeah. I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, you do. How could you forget Vision Quest? <laughs> That's how you have to say it, though. Vision <laughs> Quest. You're damn right. Vision Quest. Vision Quest. That, that pretty much does it for predictions. Let's go over some DVD and Blu-ray releases. This is for Tuesday, January 29th, 2013. Got a bunch of not-so-great stuff coming out. A couple good ones. Uh, this one, is a one. terrible time for no, movies. I'd say one good one next week we have the awakening which i did not like at all we have hotel transylvania which i haven't seen uh, but i yeah yeah not thinking it's gonna be that great paranormal activity four which we both despised Uh, and seven psychopaths one that we both really liked yeah i would definitely definitely check that one out so yeah this is a pretty you know awful time at least i mean we have a lot of festivals coming up so it is terrible just i think that's why they have festivals 
during yeah. this time so people can be like, okay, well, there's nothing in the theater. At least I can go to this festival yeah. and see some good stuff. Well, I think that wraps it up. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedback at filmpulse.net or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Auto or Up With Dead People. Really hoping this wins. Wins? Wins. I hate not being able to say. Uh, We're terrible at everything. I just love it. Love it. All that shit's getting cut. All of it. (laughs) Cut all that shit.